Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan, and I am the author of a series of books entitled Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, all of which you can purchase at Amazon in paperback and ebook form. And if you're an audio buff, you can pick up vol- volumes one through eight at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. So please go out there and partake of that which I've created. And now, may I introduce you to my brother and co-host, KJ Sheehan. Kev, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Bill? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, it's a little uh, unnerving turning the clock back, and it's pitch black over here at 5.30 now. <laughs> I know. I keep getting mixed up what time it is because I'm looking out the window and I'm ready for Dogman to be peering in at me. <laughs> You know, and I it's don't. Early. Yeah, I don't want to get it in my head, but it, it's kind of like my least favorite time of the year, and I just try to avoid that line of thinking so you don't get miserable for a couple of months. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, it is freaking pitch black, and there's like a crescent moon hanging up in the sky with the uh, Venus in the west. I mean, it's beautiful, but, you know, it's just weird, you know? I was going to say, the sky the last few nights is spectacular, though, with Jupiter and Venus hanging out around that crescent moon. It's super cool. Yeah, it is. It's definitely... Uh, and, you know, you're really only going to behold that in this fashion under these circumstances we just talked about, you know? No, no doubt about it. I went out surf fishing last night. And I went out before the sun went down, and I was cursing the fact that the sun was going down so quickly. And um, but the you know the good news is I got graced with the magnificent view in the sky of yeah. all the stars and Venus and Jupiter and that crescent moon hanging there. It's super cool. Yeah. Now this uh, money can't buy that stuff. You know, it's just fantastic. No. 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 And uh, like you always tell me, half of going out fishing at night on the beach is being out there. The other half is if you catch some fish. Yeah, I didn't catch any fish, but I still felt like that was good good to be out there. Yeah, no, and it's it's beautiful, you know, and this is why I always say, Kev, people see something because they're looking. Oh, absolutely. And part of the experience is just to be there, to put yourself in position where something may happen. And it's the same thing when you're out on the beach. You're not going to experience what you just spoke about if you're sitting home on your sofa, it's not going to happen. That is correct. I didn't see the hairy man, no. And no <laughs> sea creatures. <laughs> Maybe a dolphin, but not yeah. a giant dolphin. <laughs> Hair-covered dolphin. 
Just a regular <laughs> dolphin. So that's about it. What do we have in our other oddities, cryptids and other oddities segment this yeah, evening? cryptids in the news and other oddities. Tonight, we're going to talk about the unsolved mystery of Sri Lanka's Stargate. Wow. Have you heard of this? Uh, I haven't. <laughs> so there was a good article by the BBC that was published in May of 2021, so not too long ago. Okay. And, um, you know, there's, there's like legend of a couple of these stargates that are around in different places in the world. And this is actually similar in some ways to uh, the, the uh, in some ways, not always, to the portal that we talked about on the Halloween episode, right? That cave that opens up, in, in that case, in Ireland, that cave opens up on the Festival of Samhain or Halloween, and it opens up a portal into, you know, the gates of hell, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. these stargates are basically uh, portals that allow two distant positions to be connected together and really allow you to kind of cheat time and go, you know, basically instantly by walking through a portal into another time, another age, another place, and even another galaxy. Yeah, and some people refer to that as a wormhole. Well, it it builds on the principle of theoretical astrophysics of black holes and wormholes. But these are actually, I mean, they're not an actual device, right? Like right. it's a it's a, a an idea, the concept of this device mm-hmm. is that you have these two round rings, uh typically described as round, almost like a door frame, and they're in two completely different locations and you walk into one and then you walk out of the other one in the in the distant location and even the distant galaxy. Crazy. Really crazy, but super cool. And they were they made they were made very popular um, by the motion picture going back a few years called Stargate. And then there were three or four other television series uh, uh, related to Stargate. So it's a very popular science fiction thing. But it's pretty interesting that there's rumored to be this uh, Stargate in Sri Lanka. Wow. And now, when you say Sri Lanka, are we talking Sri Lanka or Sri Lanka is a totally different location? Uh, maybe I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. I'm talking about that island off of India. Yeah, that's Sri Lanka. Okay. But uh, I'm like... I call it Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. That's fine. <laughs> Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka. <laughs> Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But now they're Oregon, saying... Oregon, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now they're saying... Uh, what are they hinting at? That they believe they actually have uh, some type of evidence of or a physical... Uh, 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 Something that's tangible going on there? Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you all about it. But basically, there's this stone with a circular, very detailed circular carving into the stone. Mm -hmm. And it's in a place. I'm not even going to attempt a name, so I'm going to skip the place. But it's in the center of the northern third of Sri Lanka. Okay. Um, And it looks like something that, you know, 
you've never seen before in terms of an ancient drawing. And um, the drawing is 6,500 years old. Hmm. So, and it's, so therefore, it's older than the pyramids of Giza, older than Stonehenge. And, um, you know, so it's been there for a very long time. You can fly there tomorrow, Bill, and see it. You can hmm. walk up next to it. And it has the look of a detailed mechanical drawing, but it's carved into the rock. Wow. And it's perfectly round, and, it, and it's got, like, um, symbols inside the center of it that look a little bit like modern-day technology, like induction coils. There's actually a sine wave shown on there, and, um, and things that look like dials and meters and switches, but they're carved into this rock. And the carving is probably about five or six feet across. It's right at ground level, so you can walk up to it. And then around the ring of this carving, there's a, there's a ring carved around it as well. Mm-hmm. And it has all different types of sea life in the ring. So you have this very technical kind of mechanical drawing. And then the ring around it is sea life, like, you know, fish and a mermaid and a whale and uh, a seahorse, stuff like that. What an unusual combination to be in the same depiction. Super unusual. Wow. And then get this. So right in front of it, there's carved several seats, like like a few feet in front of this thing, carved into the stone. So like it's meant that you would sit in front of this thing. That is totally, it's almost like you're sitting in some type of weird you know what this reminds me of, Kev? Remember the Sea View submarine and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. They, they had that console of, like, bucket seats up front looking out of the window or the front of the bow of the sub? Yep. Boy, that is bizarre. Very cool, right? And nobody claims to, to know any handed-down history relative to this thing being there? Well, that's the amazing thing. So, you know, there's a a Buddhist temple close by that's been there for an extremely long time. Um, Monks, you know, are there that have been there for, you know, thousands of years. And there's no written history about this carving, yet they know the carving's been there for 6,500 years. So at no time was anybody given a heads up about this thing there when they moved there. It like predates them. Predates them, but also there's no writings about it. You know, yeah. you'd think like if something's there, then people would talk about it, you know, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. And then there's like a little iron fence in front of it. And, you know, when I was reading about it, basically this, this thing gives off energy. Now, the fact that it gives off energy isn't the strangest part of it. It gives off energy intermittently. So if you take an EMF meter and mm-hmm. you put it in front of this electromagnetic force meter, mm-hmm. um, you will hold it up to it and there will be nothing there. And then you'll hold it up to it like three minutes later and it'll pin the needle off the chart. The same meter in the same person's hand and the same rock. Uh, what type of energy are we talking about? Strictly uh, magnetic? Yeah, electromagnetic force is what I saw. And I'll, I'll post the YouTube video where the guy's demonstrating it 
on our website, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com. Wow, that's really strange. Very strange, because one of the theories, Bill, is that this is an ancient map, right? Which makes sense, right? It could be a carving of a map of the solar system or something like that. Okay. You know, again, it's not, it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so detailed and so perfect, so so uh, technical. Um, but the fact that it gives off this energy is very strange. Yeah. Now, what would a map of the solar system have to do with uh, sine waves, switches, diodes inside of a circle uh, surrounded by sea life? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no idea. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it doesn't sound like a solar system to me. It's not showing you planets or constellation alignments or anything like that. No, I, I agree. But there is, you know, like one of the theories, the archaeologists going back to the early 1900s um, wrote about it saying it looked like, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll quote it to you from this story, the first academic to note the charts archaeological importance was a guy named H.C.P. Bell, who was a British civil servant. And um, he included the description of the chart in his 1911 report for the governor of Ceylon, where he concluded that this ancient map of the world, perhaps the oldest in existence, is is of quite extraordinary interest. Its presence testifies to the antiquity of the astronomical lore still pursued in some of the Buddhist monasteries of Ceylon. (laughs) And Ceylon, you know, you may recall that was the original name of Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. Now, the other thing uh, worthy of note is that, you know, when you say it was a British civil servant, back in those days, like when uh, Britain was controlling India, uh, to be a civil servant of the crown, uh, you were held in pretty high esteem. You know, uh, it's not like today when we say, you know, you have a job working for the post office, you're a civil servant. These hey, guys, what are you saying? I don't yeah. want to get the post office people mad yeah, at me. You know what I mean? But they were held in pretty high regard, uh, like their word, uh, their testimony, their notations. So uh, this guy, no doubt, Bell, uh, felt a, uh, a responsibility to try to get the, the information straight when he was observing this thing and reporting on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think they're respected and that for sure. You know, of course, I would say other than the fact that they sent him from London to Ceylon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he must have did something wrong in 1911. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. You had to be willing back then to be uh, a little adventurous to go to these places. Yeah, because uh, yeah. you never knew what you were in for. You know, there could be some type of insurrection there, or you know, uh, no police department, nothing to really protect you. You know, I mean, uh, it was a different world. You know. Yeah, so there's a little little description here I'm going to share with you beyond what I said. So it's about six feet in diameter. So okay. pretty big, right? Right. Um, and um, they said that the chart center is made up of seven concentric circles 
divided by parallel vertical and horizontal lines. So imagine that. And again, yeah. I'll put a picture of it up on our website. And the circles are perfect, too. Uh-huh. Um, rectangular compartments contain small crossed circles. They look almost like um, uh, Phillips screw head spill. Yeah, so you okay. kind of, it looks a little bit like you're looking at like the bottom of a modern day computer mm-hmm. where you have like panels and recessed uh, Phillips screw heads. Okay. And then uh, they say that there's other figures resembling umbrellas. I forgot about that. Uh, uh, or a bow, like from a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, a kite, what looks like a kite. Wavy lines, you know, the sine waves. Mm-hmm. And cylindrical shapes. And then you have the outer ring that has these marine animals, fish, turtles, seahorses, and mermaids. So does anybody have an idea as to why these seating arrangements have been made facing what you described? Yeah, so great question. So some of the local people there, um, they're afraid to sit near it. So like the because of this energy that it gives off, uh-huh. they say that when you sit there uh, in those seats, um, you can go into a trance, perhaps from the energy, perhaps from something else. So one theory is that you would sit in these seats at a certain time and that would actually activate the Stargate and allow you to be transported. And, you know, the 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 legend there, folklore there, is that the original gods came down from the heavens and came down from stars and other planets to Sri Lanka through this portal. What a, boy, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> that is some yes. crazy this stuff. This one's a little freaky deaky. Oh, definitely freaky deaky. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, uh, I guess anybody, uh, there hasn't been anybody that was brazen enough to sit there and be fed and 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 not move for a long enough period of time to where somebody sighted somebody disappearing from the seat. No, absolutely, and and this fence in front of it, this this some of these uh, these uh, uh, notes and that that I read about it, it's really interesting, Bill, because you can touch this stone. Like when you first see the fence, you think it's going to be like to protect uh, uh, the stone from people touching it. But you can reach across the fence and touch it. It's only like three feet high, this iron fence. And they're saying that the fence is there to protect people from the stone. Like because of this energy, they don't want anybody going up too close to it and spending too much time too close to it. Now, it could be completely naturally occurring. But what's very strange about it, Bill, is that it changes, you know, kind of by the minute. Not literally by the minute, but it could be 20 seconds. It's giving off a lot of energy and then it's not giving any off. Now, obviously, I haven't. That's pretty strange. Yeah, I haven't seen this thing. You've seen a a picture of it. Is this like a boulder sitting by itself in the the sand or something? Or is it... It it looks like it's up against other rocks. Okay. And it's like a flat-faced boulder, and this is carved into the face of it. Yeah. It looks like, you know, like a chunk of granite or something like that. Not polished and finished or anything. Well, no, Um, you would... You would want to select a flat face to do this type of elaborate carving. Absolutely. You know. 
Absolutely. Uh, if not even have chiseled it down to make it flat. Yeah. But uh, that is so bizarre. And then, like, these seats are, there's like a, a granite, looks like a chunk of granite, kind of like you'd see up in New Hampshire, like that pinkish-gray granite. Mm-hmm. Um is flat in front of the fence, and that's where these seats are carved into it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what you would walk on is this chunk of granite on the ground when you come walking up to this boulder. Yeah, you know, a thought comes to mind. Okay, the pulsing and intermittent uh, uh, EMF is is definitely a whole nother kettle of fish, but just as far as this... Uh, carving and the seeding you know the thought comes to mind like you know 60 70 years ago uh when people would make up some drawings people with artistic talent would draw things up that look like uh their conception of what something would look like that would travel into the space uh into outer space and whatnot you know people would look at that and say wow what an imagination uh, this guy has, and now we're doing that, you know. I'm 100%. Just, yeah, I'm just yeah. wondering if some person or person 6,500 years ago who was uh, expert at stone carving may not have had some type of elaborate uh, uh, creative mindset and was thinking about, you know, what would I be in if I was doing this or that, you know, and just creating this bizarre thing uh, with no technical skills and obviously nothing like that was around then, no computers uh, <clears throat> that we know of, and just created this bizarre thing that we're all looking at now and saying, wow, what is this, you know? Yeah, 100%. But what's what's interesting is it it does definitely appear to be something that's completely one-off. Yeah. Like the symbols, they say, that are shown here, they don't show up anywhere else. You know, they don't show up in any other carvings of the era anywhere around the world. Right. So it's, well, like, it's like a one-off kind of thing, yeah. but a, a very special one-off kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 the real oddity of 100%, this thing. Yeah, one off and pulsing EMF. Right. Uh, that's that's just uh, that's really strange and certainly worthy of the other oddity slot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff, man. You know, there's so much weirdness and high strangeness on this planet that uh, you could look into these things for your lifetime uh, and just keep bringing them to the surface because there is there is just stuff going on in the heavens and the earth that man, as hard as they may try, will never get to the bottom of. Right. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. Oh, no doubt about you it. Know? I mean, like, you know, some of the stuff written about it is, you know, like I said, maybe it's a plan that they saw, like when some alien visited and showed them this diagram of how to build the Stargate, because the alien visited them through a Stargate, in theory. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like they talk about the fact maybe, 
like you would rotate that outer ring of the different sea creatures to a certain position, and that mm-hmm. would activate the Stargate. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but the <laughs> fact that it's so weird, it's so detailed, and it's so different from anything of the era, and sophisticated, very sophisticated, is strange. You know, the local name for the thing is uh, the Sakwala Chakraya. And uh, that that translates into universe cycle. So, oh. uh, you know, they that that's what they named it way back when. Right? right. And you think with a name like that, universe cycle, uh, there would have been some data stream on that in in some type of written form, something else, some other evidence coming forward from it. If it was like a study or a hypothesis, uh, something like that from some more learned people, uh, you would think there'd be something coming forward from it uh, to make a study of. Or uh, You follow what I'm getting at, but there's nothing. Yeah, no, it's I like- agree. And, and I, w- I would also, of course, put the shout out to our listeners and say, hey, you know, if you know anything about this, let us know. You know, certainly if you've been over there and you've seen it or if you live over there now and you can tell us some of the background that that I didn't cover, let us know. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested in uh, knowing more about this thing. I just learned about it recently and I'm like, this is super cool. Yeah, no, that's uh, very intriguing. Uh... And I'll put the pictures up when you look at the pictures. You're like, all right, this is pretty cool. Yeah, like pretty special yeah there are strange things going on out there and uh, excellent job kev digging this one up for the other oddities segment because that is definitely high strangeness <laughs> wow all right man so let me uh turn the page and by the way kev i want to have a little contest today remember i told you about that oh yeah you're gonna give me a chance to get an autographed book uh no Huh. Uh, what we have here is, it's not a book. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's an interesting uh, box. Uh, and the name Sasquatch is on the box. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. And uh, what are we going to ask of the contestants, Kev? What is what the box... Do- 12 feet tall and does it shake around a lot (laughs) yeah and i wouldn't ship it to you brother (laughs) (laughs) you'd see the you'd see the amazon truck pull up and the guy be like mr where do you want me to put this thing i gotta get out of here (laughs) (laughs) does it have holes in the bottom for the creature's feet (laughs) so we're gonna have a little i don't know bill what's the contest well, let's see. Uh, we could ask the we could ask the listeners to tell us which part of the country has had the most sightings of Bigfoot creatures, and I want you to tell me the state. And mm-hmm. your answer or the winner will be judged by me 
based on where I have gotten most of my accounts from. Hmm. Okay, so uh, I don't want you to look at the uh, Sasquatch sightings in U.S. and Canada map like I have on my wall, uh, but I want you to tell me, based on W.J. Sheehan's Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters collection, where the most sightings have come from. That's going to okay. be the contest. And, and it's in the in the U.S., right, Bill? It's in North America. Oh, North America. Okay. Okay, so the North American continent. And this is not some trick question or anything. I'm just making it easy for you. But you, obviously, to be in the contest, you're going to have to contact us and tell us. But, you I know? mean, you want the state or the province from... Canada, well, just so if, people in Canada don't write in and tell us they don't have states. Right. If you're picking Canada, you need to tell me the province. If you're okay. picking in the United States, you have to tell me the state. All right. Good. And by the way, folks, uh, I want to tell you up front. If you pick like Rhode Island, you're going to lose. <laughs> so I'll give you that. How about much Hawaii? Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that much. If you pick Hawaii, you lose. <laughs> all right so we'll leave it at that now i have a this is a really interesting uh little bit of like data stream here Uh, because as you see there's not going to be uh, a sighting of a bigfoot involved here but if you follow along with me at the extent to which uh, this fellow was willing to go to try to make his own discovery and try as he will to prove or disprove the existence of Bigfoot, it's really commendable uh, what some people are doing out there uh, in regards to the investigation of Bigfoot. Now listen to this. This following interesting evidential find was reported to me by a fellow named Sid Craig, a resident of Ohio. This is what Sid had to report. As you've stated on your podcast many times, Bill, if you see something, say something. In this case, it is what I heard after having seen something that I am reporting on. Please allow me to explain. I was watching a television show in which a team had entered Tar Hollow, this is in Ohio, in search of Bigfoot activity. The team, having hiked from north to south through Tar Hollow, had set several sound recorders at various intervals in the hope of recording a howl. Well, as it turned out, if you believe what happened, and I do, before the team had wrapped up the day, they had heard something and got it on one of the recorders that was closest to their location at the time. I've been in the hollow many times, doing a little snooping around for the hairy man myself, and consider myself to be a fairly avid Bigfoot enthusiast. So I decided to invest in some devices to do some recording for myself. 
having found their evidential find to be more than a bit interesting. I purchased three recorders, whereas they had quite a few more than that, as I recall. And I decided that I would follow the same north-to-south pattern as had they, spacing these recorders over about a mile and a half run. I planned to repeat the spacing over several weeks as able to cover the entire hollow. On the first weekend, being retired, I had hiked the first section and placed the recorders on trees throughout the forest, just as they had done. It was about 15 hours later, on Saturday morning, that I went back in to retrieve the recorders. Now back home, I reviewed them and found nothing unusual to report, but of course I wasn't through with this investigation. The following weekend, I continued placing the recorders beginning about a half mile away from where the last had been the previous week. Following the same pattern, the recorders were left out for approximately the same amount of time overnight, with my going out to get them once again on Saturday. Late Saturday night, I was reviewing the third recorder in the line which was approximately three miles south in Tar Hollow. I had captured something very odd on the recorder. The recording lasted for about nine seconds and sounded like a conglomeration of several different sounds. I can't describe what it, what it was to you very well, but to me it was like a roar, a howl, and a whistle all wrapped together in succession over nine seconds. It was very odd indeed, but what it was, the very same thing, uh, it was very odd indeed, but it was the very same thing that this other team had recorded, which sparked me to do what I was doing. In kind, I had hunted down an expert in audio recordings, and forwarded what I had to him. I didn't, unfortunately, get authorization to share his name before doing this report with you, but he was certainly an expert at his craft. Several days later, I was doing a Zoom session with him to hear the results of his findings, which were incredible. He had broken apart the recording into three distinct segments, all of which, according to his analysis, had come from the same location. In other words, it wasn't, said he, three different animals that were sparked to start making noises by each other in succession. The first portion, according to his analysis and comparison, was similar to that of a wolf, He followed up by stating that since wolves are no longer in Ohio, he was ruling that out as being what it was. The second noise, according to him, matched up well with what he said was an unknown primate. There are no known or unknown primates either in Ohio. And the last segment 
was, said he, to be that of a gorilla. And, obviously, there are no gorillos, uh, gorillas in Ohio either. No gorillos either. No gorillos. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, my name is Tommy Gorillo. Uh, He followed up by saying this. One of three things happened here to create this sound that you recorded. Somebody ran the recording at a distance through some type of amplified sound system, and you picked it up on your recorder. The second scenario is that three different creatures were gathered together in an intimate group and made these sounds together in succession. And the last is that one single creature was able to make all three of these distinct sounds and then stopped. He followed up by saying, I believe that you have something very unusual going on in the woods of Ohio. This combination of sounds, as he described them, a wolf, a primate, and gorilla, were the same spoken about on the show that initiated my own query. In other words, the same thing was recorded by them as was now by me. Much more than a coincidence, in my opinion. Many reports have come in about Bigfoot in Ohio. And as you know, Bill, I have more than a few of my own many of which I have shared with you. Bigfoot is alive and well in Ohio and many other places. And as for myself, I will continue the hunt and the recordings as able. Thank you for all that you are doing with your books and your podcast. Pretty phenomenal, huh, Kev? Very cool. And, you know, we've... We've heard that kind of sound before, right? Like some kind of combination of roaring or howling with a whistle, right? It's just, it's just not bizarre. all three in one package like that, that I recall. Yeah, well, and interesting that these quote experts in sound analysis have these libraries of sounds. And I'd love to see these libraries one day, like what's in there. But they must have a collection of animal sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. You know, Africa, North America, you know, whatever that they can pick from to say, well, that's definitely a such and such owl or that is definitely a coyote. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they can match it up too today, you know, with the the footprint of it, the digital footprint, you know, from a computer and say... With a 98% likelihood, that was a coyote or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And interesting, though, huh? A wolf, a primate, and a gorilla. Now, I thought a gorilla was a primate, though. I guess they mean specifically a gorilla versus other primates. Yeah, to me, he nailed down one as being a gorilla, in his opinion. Right. The, The primate designation to me was like probably a, a, a less specific yeah, some other type of uh, monkey or 
you know, some other type of primate, you know, a chimp, orangutan, or whatever, but uh, not uh, definable in his uh, estimation, you know, something to that effect. Very cool. Kind of neat, though, isn't it, the way some people are really out there digging and scratching, uh, having some fun with this, trying to uh, be their own Bigfoot detective society, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, a lot of dedication going out there on multiple weekends and placing these recorders and then moving them, too, you know. Yeah, and making a little investment, right? He he bought these things. So uh, it's just neat that some people are doing such things, you know. I'm with you. I'm going to go buy some more fishing hooks, but I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to buy a bunch of recorders and put them out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe yeah. if I lived somewhere where they had just, you know, done a similar recording, I might. I might. Yeah, it uh, it it's just uh, it kind of warms my heart to know that people are out there uh, doing these things and then sharing it a little bit. You know, they're pretty much nobodies. Uh, select group of people may be interested in what they've done. and uh, But to do something is obviously better than to do nothing at all, right? Absolutely. And uh, kudos to uh, Sid for his uh, expeditious nature. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So what do we have, my brother, in our listener mail? Yeah, we got some good letters, good letters. Okay, so uh, first off, we got one from our friend Rob in the UK. And he writes, WJ, I hope your wife is doing better and you are both in a better place. Thoughts are with you. Just want to raise a pointer about trail cams and the lack of footage from these. I've read one of the reasons is that Sasquatch can sense the electromagnetic field emitted from these and hear the noise coming from from them, which we obviously cannot. He says, if you recall, I wrote you a while back regarding, regarding big cats in my homeland of England. Well, I listen regularly to the podcast, to a podcast from the UK that deals solely with this. The subject of trail cam footage came up on one episode and why there's no good images recorded of these cats. Well, one of the investigators recalled a conversation he had with a police dog handler who told if he placed a hidden trail cam in the woods, his dog could return weeks later and easily find the camera. He said this was due to our scent that remains with the equipment for weeks on end, regardless of the weather. Ah. So he said, you know, it's no surprise that we never get good footage of uh, Bigfoot from these trail camps. It could be either they smell, uh, you know, their sense of smell is fantastic, like a canine. Uh, and or they can sense the uh, EMF or sound that these devices put out. Well, you know, uh, I don't think the Bigfoot has a great sense of smell because if they did, they would know that they stink. <laughs> and take a shower, you big hairy beast. That they got a little stank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, aside from the joke, uh, 
I think the man is on to something there. Uh, it may be more the smell than the sound, you know, uh, because, you know, a lot of hunters use different scents, uh, particularly these days, to put on their clothing and stuff before they go into a tree stand or walking around in the woods. Uh, I'm not a hunter. I don't know if that's really viable uh, to hunters out there, but they certainly try to sell you on it. Uh, on websites and in magazines that, you know, if you really want to get the big rack, use, you know, stink no more. (laughs) (laughs) Stank no more. Stank no more. (laughs) Pronounce it correctly. But now that's interesting because they're not getting cats on the cameras. And, uh, of course, it's wishful thinking, right? You're hoping a cat's going to walk across in front of that camera. Uh, I'd be interested in no, to know if anything is being captured on the cameras and just not cats. Now, yeah, Rob... Well, certainly everybody catches the deer on the camera, right? You know, which deer I don't think are too smart and uh, probably don't have too good of a sense of smell either. Oh, I was going to get at that. You don't think they're that sensitive? Well, I mean, just based on the fact that they walk out in the middle of the road and stand there until a car hits them. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> just but, not a lot of not a lot of sensing there, you know. Yeah, but as far as just a sense of smell, uh, you know, you could have a yeah, brain. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, don't you know, know what I'm yeah. saying. Uh, they're definitely not smart or intuitive deer, you know. Yeah. Not only do they run in front of the car, but they tell their children to follow them. Exactly. Come this way. Yeah. Okay, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And, Rob, thanks a lot for that. And, by the way, (laughs) keep praying for my wife, Paula. Go ahead. Our next, next letter comes in from our friend Rick in Ohio. So this subject, Bill, you probably saw this one. The subject is Krampus. Mm. And Krampus is coming. I mean, Christmas Mm -hmm. is coming. Mm -hmm. And he writes, hi, WJ and KJ. You might remember I sent you a picture of a house near me that had Merry Krampus decorations up for last year's holiday season. Thought you might like this Krampus costume picture I saw online. (laughs) And Rick sent the picture of a ghoulish Krampus costume. I might yeah. have to order one myself. Oh, my God. Can you picture somebody approaching some little toddler wearing that thing? I mean, that is a hideous costume. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Ah, mommy! <laughs> Krampus is back. It's not Krampus. It's Uncle Bill. <laughs> Stop scaring the children, WJ. <laughs> All right, and our next note comes in from Sean in the UK. And uh, the subject is, keep the change, you filthy animal. (laughs) (laughs) And he writes, message, Uh, he writes, hi, WJ and KJ, I'm Sean from the UK, and I've been listening for a good while now and slowly catching up real time on the podcast. (laughs) I work on my own, and I have a good laugh listening in. I loved Kevin's Christmas poem. 
and not much of a reader. So, oh, I'm not much of a reader. So I've purchased one to four on Audible and I've listened to them more than once. Thank you for the listen. Can you please ask WJ to say, keep the change, you filthy animals? His voice reminds me of the gangster <laughs> in the film Home Alone. So what do you what, say, WJ? What's this guy's name, Kev? Sean. Hey, Sean. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> How was that, Kev? That's pretty good. Yeah. And by the way, Sean, I you're like a it. filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Matt writes in from California. By the way, Bill, is it Ohio or California? You can tell me. No one's listening. It's Ohio. Ah. And Matt says, just listen to your podcast about the Dark Watchers. I don't know what's creepier, the Dark Watchers or the Black Eyed Children. (laughs) <laughs> what do you think? Keep up the good work, Matt. <laughs> Kev, what do you think about them dark watches? Yeah, they're pretty creepy, man. Yeah, they are, you know. When, but, uh, the bla- but the black-eyed children take the cake. <laughs> the dark watchers don't knock on your door. Yeah, and talk to you. Oh, nothing to worry <laughs> about. Yeah. I just want to borrow your phone. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Matt, that's a good comparison to Dark Watchers and the Black-Eyed Children. But clearly, Black-Eyed Children seek you out. Dark Watchers, you see them. What do you think, yeah. Bill? You agree with that? Yeah, I do. And uh, I like the description of that guy that had that encounter with the kid in the cloak. Oh, you remember yeah. that one we did? What was it the last podcast? That, that was Halloween, and, I think, wasn't it? Oh, the Halloween episode. Yeah. Where he came across that thing. He thought it was a slicker or a cape hanging on a stump. Floating, yeah. Oh, man. That was pretty creepy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Mm. And I got, I, I, I'll tell you, Kev, gun or no gun. Uh, first of all, I don't. I don't know. I can't. I can't rightfully say what I would have done, but in my mind, I think I would have pulled the trigger on that thing. <laughs> you know, I'm out in the woods alone, and like you deserve it, you little bastard, for showing <laughs> up and doing this to me. Bang! <laughs> and then I would have. All took right, it. Bill's throwing some uh, <laughs> lead at the hanging raincoat. Yeah. See what happens. Oh, oh, well, sorry. Oh, it's a black-eyed kid? No loss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next letter comes in. Hi, brothers Sheehan. Love the hairy man. And I also love UFOs, or what are now known as UAPs. Yeah, yeah. Any insights on when the U.S. Gov is going to release some more <laughs> info related to declassifying the UAP data that they are sitting on? Signed, Nameless in D.C. I don't know, Bill. Maybe Nameless has some insights on the report. Yeah. Well, when your name is Nameless, uh, (laughs) you know, hey, look, right, Kev? Everybody 
uh, is waiting in earnest for uh, some unknown entity to just open up Pandora's box and start shoveling out onto a big uh, pegboard on the wall photographs of things, names, dates, and times, uh, and then have a bunch of experts come up and say, we're sorry we've been hiding this, and this is what we have to say. I, I, do you believe that's going to happen? Well, I am. I keep checking. You know, of course, we'd hear about it in the news when it's published, but I keep checking the various websites, you know, every couple of days or so. I mean, there could be some interesting stuff released. There's so much out there now with the Tic Tacs and Tic Tac incident and stuff like that, that, you know, the government, I, I think they are going to release some more details. I don't know if they're going to tell us about the the Stargate in Phoenix, Arizona, that they've been traveling through for years and that we yep. have a colony built on Mars that they've been using the Stargate to get there with. You know, I don't think we're going to go there, but I, I am interested to see what they say. Yeah, you know you know what the crying shame in this whole thing is, Kev? There are more than a few countries around the world uh, who regularly share things that are brought to bear by their military or their uh, townspeople uh, relative to sightings, footage, uh, they just share it openly. I don't, I don't understand what the big stink is in America uh, where everything's got to be kept under lock and key. I, I just don't... Uh, you're left to think like they're almost trying to make it seem like these other countries are full of stupid people and we're smart so we don't talk. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't yeah, get I don't, it. I don't know. I mean, I get the 100,000-foot view that you're putting forward. But I think it's more complicated than that. And, yeah. you know, who knows? Uh, who, who knows? I'm not sure that I want them to share everything that they know. Yeah, sure. No, that's about for sure. everything, right? Because it's still data. You know, a lot right. of it's not it's not conclusive. It's just data points. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. You know, it was like the whole argument over the NSA uh, listening to uh, phone calls, right? when uh, the terrorists were planning to attack the United States. Uh, you, can't, you can't fault them for wanting to be one up on people who want to do us harm. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the only fault comes when they're listening to everybody, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, no, when I get and, that, and I, you know, I get the... Potentially doing malicious things related to it as well. I mean, that's, that's different. But I hear yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saving us from attacks, there's nothing wrong with that in my book. Yeah, no, I'm game that you can't tell everybody. You can't show all your cards, as we say. Exactly. So that was interesting, cool, man. Kev. So that's that's the mail this week. Thanks, folks, for writing in. Good, uh, good emails, and uh, we love hearing from you. So if you know anything about this Stargate in Sri Lanka or any others, for that matter, let me know. Um, and, uh, by the way, if you haven't left us a five-star review lately, please do so. It's fantastic for us. And it's virtually the only means we have of attracting new listeners. Yeah. Excellent job, Kev, today with that other oddities segment. And, uh, by the way, folks, don't forget to enter the contest again. Tell me where you believe the most encounters that I've written about came from in the United States and or Canada. And by the way, 
if you find yourself walking around in Tar Hollow, you better remember just one thing, my friends. Always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight.